from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this normally is a podcast where we make a tabletop character from a prompt from listeners like you. But today, Jeff, what are we doing? Uh, we're doing something a little different is what we're doing. Uh, because today, as at least as of this recording, I don't know when the hell this episode is going up. <laughs> today uh, is the one year anniversary of All My Fantasy Children. Yo, it is. It is the one year anniversary of All My Fantasy Children. Y'all, it is Sam Gord's birthday. Jeff, what it's is Sam you, Gord's birthday today? What did you get Sam? I, I did admittedly get him a pumpkin. Um, <laughs> He's just, I did not expect that. It's so sort stupid. of just the first thing that uh, came to mind. But then I, once I got there and I put it with the other gifts, I saw that like literally every other single gift that he had been given was a pumpkin. Yes. So I kind of just like. <laughs> Took my name tag off of it, and uh, I'll figure something out later. Hey, Sam, uh, I heard you enjoy pumpkins. So, yeah, I know. You you probably got me. I know I look like one. I live in one. I raised (laughs) them all my life to compete for a government position. Uh, But, yeah, no, no, thanks a lot. I I really needed one of these. I See, I got Sam Gord a second chance on life. That's actually a pretty good gift. That's probably something that he would appreciate. I feel I, like that's a good I got him a, a good gift. I got him a book that's just like <laughs> how to turn your fucking life around. <laughs> yeah, not a bad gift. Not a bad gift. You know what? Now that I'm hearing your gift, the pumpkin feels a little thoughtless. Wait, 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 wait. Is the pumpkin hollowed out and there's something inside? Yes, but it is actually a pumpkin pie carver. So it's still like you ate pumpkin wait. themed. No, you fucking carved the pumpkin, but you left the knife inside <laughs> of it. The knife inside. And so I he's just like, ah, is Jeff sending me a message? And you're just like, you're staring at him with this like really endearing smile from far away. So he's looking at you like, like terrifying. Oh, shit. <laughs> My smile looks less endearing now and more terrifying as I'm just like, I hope he likes it. He's like, I hope he likes it. He Fuck, left, do I? God. It, it's full of pumpkin guts and a fucking knife. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I tried to be polite. And I tried to be like fun and carve a little face like a jack-o'-lantern. Uh, but I actually carved it a little bit too close to his face. <laughs> so like, there's a knife in a sculpt of his face and he's like... This is definitely a threat, right? I gotta be this really, I better be careful. 100%. Jeff, Jeff wants to fucking gut my head. And then I gave him a book like, how to turn your fucking life around. And then you're like, oh, I'm gonna fucking murder you. He's like, oh my god, am I that bad? And you know what, ironically enough, that's the moment his life turns around. Because he's terrified that we're coming for him. <laughs> yeah, wait, hold on, what is our relationship with Samuel Gore? Are we uh, like I God? Picture- <laughs> oh my god. He's like, oh, the the lords of dark magic have given me, my creators have given me a present. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yep, that sounds about right. He's like, oh my God, I've been blessed. Oh, I've been cursed. This is horrible. (laughs) It is on his, what did he say he was, like 27? 
I don't I think 21. I think we said he was like 18 or 19. Oh, yeah. So, like, on his 20th birthday, the, he wakes up in his room and under his Christmas tree made of pumpkins uh, yep, right, are two right. boxes. And he's like, oh, my God. I, the gods of fantasy have blessed me with a gift. Let me. Oh, Jesus. I need to change. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, God, what have I done? What have I done? This is horrible. This is a nightmare. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. So what are we doing today? For- uh, so today, instead of a traditional episode, what we decided we were going to do was just sort of a. Uh, Take some questions. You know, we've, we've been asking people for the last few weeks to submit their questions about us, about the show, about fantasy, about their favorite characters. And we were just going to go back and forth for a while, answer some questions, talk about, you know, the show in-universe, talk about the show out of the universe. Just have, like, a real conversation, a real, like, heart-to-heart, and sort of, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, you're gonna sit in front of Jeff and I as we crack open a storybook. And we're going to talk to you about this mess of a podcast that we've created. <laughs> yes, that is correct. That is 100% what's going to happen. Do you have a question you want to start with? Uh, Yeah, I do, actually. It's a peel back the curtain kind of question. It comes from uh, Sky Vaults on the Discord, KVDRPG on Twitter. Okay. And it is, uh, do you ever cheat your roles to get the table options that you like? That is an interesting question. Uh, do you want to take this one? Because I know I have, like, uh, I mean, I, I do the rolling and you do the reading. Well, uh, yeah, I figure, yeah, I'll start it off and yeah, say, yeah. um, not really. I would say m- mostly, mostly it's a flat no. I'd say about 80 per- 80% of the time it's a flat no. We are talking about, uh, table rolls, by the way. I don't, we don't like cheap pronoun dice because oh, no, no, we no, want to, yeah. like, roll a girl that day. Like, no, nah, no. Nah, yeah, nah. no, like, um... That's actually a good point. For we've never cheated a role for pronouns because that's important to the show. Yeah. Um, but tables like the tables at the end of the episode, we I'd say about eighty percent of the time we have not cheated. Like the result that we get, as weird as it is, we just go with it. Yes. But what about the other twenty percent? There have been a few occasions where the 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 role that we made, the table result either under two scenarios two sort of scenarios where we've re-rolled and it's come up maybe four or five times in the however dozens and dozens of rolls that we made it is either that there was one or two times where we made a roll and it fundamentally undercut the entire episode yeah like there was i think one occasion where i don't remember the specific wording but it was like an evil result where it was um it might have been Ansel, it might have been Catch, where it was like, we made a roll, and it was like, you only care about the money, and you yeah, will hurt it was whoever. A, it was Catch Cavalier, I remember, it was like, what, a roll for like an ideal, and it was like, all I care about is the money. I was like, All I what? care about is money and pulling ahead, and we've talked for an hour about this character, like, caring about people and sharing stories, and it just so thoroughly, like, there was no way to justify it within the episode. Yeah, especially because, like, we do, there is, like, a, God, we try to keep it under an hour. So, like, we yeah. could make sense of, like, some of these roles, but, like, for the sake of it not being a two 90-minute episode where we're just blathering about, like, well, okay, so Catch is an evil, but we're just like, fuck it, let's just roll again. Yeah, and that's happened, I'd say that one has happened, I can, I, that might be the only time we've, we've rolled... We've re-rolled under a, like, this doesn't make sense. Yes. They're usually, the re-rolls happen just because, like, some of the tables, you know, some of the games we're playing on are a little dated. So right. So some of the content is a little, like, 
you know, it has its problematic moments. And so we just choose to just go, nah, and we pick something else. Well, we just roll again. If we roll a result and it says like, and there's something on it that makes one of us uncomfortable, then we say like, I'll read it and we'll talk about it for a second and be like, I'm not really cool with that. Let's re-roll and just don't roll a four. Yeah. So if you roll a four, you just keep going. Yeah. So, yeah, we so we don't cheat the dice rolls to get, like, the funniest result. Because, honestly, we get, like, most of the results we get are, like, super fucking boring. And then we just, like, talk about them, and that's kind of how they get flushed out. It's never, like, roll a five. Oh, my God, he pulled Excalibur. And it's like, no, it's it's usually just like, I like to eat crocodile meat. And you're like, um, that means he likes gators. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's something where, like, it's, um, it's more of... For the most part, the results we're rolling on are what we get. It's just, if it makes us uncomfortable, or there's just no way to square it with, like, everything that has come past, then we'll re-roll. But that, like I said, that's maybe 25 to 20% of the time. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. Um, let me see. What do I like? Uh, oh, I like, uh, another one from Sky Vaults, actually. Which character that you have created is most like you? Hmm, that's a very good question. It is a very good question. Very, very interesting question. Because I, what I do like about our show, first of all, is like we, uh, I don't like when, uh, people create, I mean, you can create original characters as much as you want, but like, I don't like when people make characters that are, are not flawed. All of our characters have like huge fundamental flaws and like they're not perfect. They have moments where they fuck up. And, like, that's what I most like about them is that it – Yeah, I, I as, agree. As, as ridiculous as they are, they do have humanizing qualities that it's like, oh, like, Big Jeremy likes Wizard that much. It's like, no, he will forever apologize for Wizard's comedy. So yeah, it's like, like he, everybody's he got wonderful. problems. Yes. Nobody's 100% perfect. Nobody, not even Wizard, is 100% a monster. He's, like, 99%. Yes, <laughs> but not 100 so who is most like you? Hmm, that's a really good question. I gotta like legit. I gotta like take a. Hold on, I gotta magically. We'll we'll call it a pause, but I gotta look at like the roster. Yeah, I I have I I'm pretty I'm pretty confident that I know my 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 picks. Ooh, then give me. Um, they're kind of easy picks. I'd say I'm gonna give three, and you can use the the same three, or you know, I'm not claiming exclusive rights on any of them it, no but i think fine. the three that like i think a lot of myself are in and like i said these are a little bit easy because they're the three people in they're all like kind of in the entertainment industry yeah yeah is um there's a lot of me and catch i catch i i get it i get her a lot um it was very easy to write catch when i wrote uh in the room where it happens because mm. like uh her manner of speaking in that short is my manner of speaking a lot of times especially when i start like going mm-hmm. um so catch is a big one and then pe- pe- uh, little pieces of trans halford you know there's a lot of my podcasting persona in that yeah in that yeah. episode hey and that's i mean it, it that's what made it so uh honestly that's what like made that episode so strong and like created like a fucking separate borderline like a separate universe within fantasy was like that you did put so much of yourself into it. Mm-hmm. And then there's definitely I've always said that wizard is the wizard is the mirror <laughs> that I look in is like the funhouse mirror that I look into where I'm like I cannot, I cannot. 
I, I could totally see that. I get that. I mean, of course I get that because for me, I too see, I, I gaze into the wizard glass and I see a distorted version of like, you know, myself or everyone who has like an eccentric interest in something. You yeah. can see how the scale can get tipped so quickly and you kind of become wizard. Yeah, I'm wizard is the thing that I constantly look at and I'm like, I don't, don't let me become wizard. Please. <laughs> Please, God. Just, if anything, just don't let me turn into Craig Hasterberg. That's, so those are the three. I think catch, and probably in that order. It's like catch, trance, and wizard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I think I'm gonna go with, I'm looking at the list. I really think, uh, a lot of like what, Corby, like that story, Mama Cat and Corby. Right. Like what, what Corby's like fundamental goals are of just like, you know, supporting my parents, but pursuing my dream. That definitely is probably not my number one thing that I like took from that episode was like, wow, that's mm-hmm. a lot. I get that a lot. That's definitely something that like I take value. Um, what else? Uh, then my two, uh, my second one. Hmm. Oh, my second one, I think, honestly, is Ravenspire. Okay. Because I can work completely and make something just out of, like, a sheer fucking grudge. And mm-hmm. that's honestly, like, that competitive nature, like, oftentimes, like, fuels me. And, like, I read something really amazing or I hear something amazing and I get super inspired to make something of equal or greater, like, execution to that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what keeps, like, seeing new things and hearing new things is always what's keeping me, like, fired up about raising the bar on my own work. So definitely I, yeah, I, get, I get that a yeah. lot. I get that like, a lot. Hating well. wizards' guts and being like, "I'm gonna fucking destroy you," is something that like, not I don't want to destroy anybody, but I do see people's work, and even if it's something like I don't like, and I see that people are obsessed with it, I'm like, I can make something better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, I and it just keeps me. It keeps me kind of always trying to go beyond myself. Right. Then, yeah. And then finally, my last one that is like most like myself is probably, uh, just because like, honestly, uh, I laugh a lot that when you said that, um, Spot L. Shellman like is also like deep dives wizard and like thinks he's funny. I kind of put myself in Spot L. Shellman for having like this world that doesn't exist one. Like with the mm-hmm. funny box sure, sure, sure. that he like immerses himself in, but also like looking at terrible things and like deep diving on them is something that I like to do where like, you know, I grew up in the 90s where like games weren't that great video games. But I sometimes like what if there was a deeper meaning to like super goals and ghosts? Right. I know there's not. I don't know. That's like my third place option. I think that that makes sense. That's that's a good one. Now, yeah. can I um. Can I ask a question that's not on either list from that's from Jeff Stormer? Because yeah. I have an interesting spin on this question. Yes. Um, just one character. If you had to pick one character that you see me in, that you see in me, and vice versa. Oh shit. Um. Ooh, I mean, for it's it is an easy call. I gotta say, Jeff, Gatch Cavalier, man, is. Is like a very, I like to think of Catch Cavalier is like, un, like, uh, in terms of, uh, execution and like organization of what she does is like untouchable. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. say, like, someone tries to have like a copycat show, it would be like, doesn't even matter. 
Catch Cavalier show is too good that people like, you know what I mean? They just go fall to the wayside because Catch Cavalier is like a freight train and the, the cow catcher on the front is just pushing the fucking mm-hmm. chaff out of the way. That's kind of what I see you in like party of one where it's like, I do this. I don't care if somebody else does. I'm just going to do it better than them just by doing what I do. Like you're because you bring so much of yourself to your work and that's like the value. That's what makes it so good. I think that is also something about Catch Cavalier. Like there are other necromancers, but nobody can do what Catch Cavalier does. So I like that. That that, that yeah. means a lot. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I have my answer for you as well. Actually, I've been. I think it's. I think it's a little easy because I know you've talked about your relationship to them as personal before. Yeah, but I think it's very. It's for me. It's very easy because I see a lot of slip in you. Oh, let's go. I think like. It's the fact that, you know, we've known each other, like, this is gonna get real personal and emotional, so get yeah. the fuck ready. Damn it! Um, like, we've known each other for years, right? We've yes. known each other for, god, 10, 20 years? 15 uh, years. How old are we? Like, we're, yeah. I'm, we're 30 now, we met oh in, like, my. Yeah, so, like, it's been, like, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. And, like, in that time, you've always been the person to be like, I'm gonna do my thing. Like, I know what I want to do, I'm gonna go do that regardless of what anybody else says or thinks or like whatever anybody like i'm i have my goals i know where i'm going and i know what i have to do to get there and i think that's very much what slip does and i think it's it's inspiring really oh well shucks that means a ton sometimes like honestly like listeners like uh, these conversations like you forget um honestly like it's important to check in with this kind of stuff, I think, to get, like, just a reminder. I like, I don't know. I like getting reminders that, like, I'm on the right track or that I'm, like, you know what I yeah. mean? You know, knowing that you're actually doing what you're, like, trying to do. Oh, for it's sure. A, it's Absolutely. A lov- it's a lovely reminder. And that's kind of, like, something I, like, try to interject in the show where it's, like, a lot of these characters have a goal and I always try to twist it where, like, they get it. Where, like, or they, they want to sure. do a thing and they, they're actually doing it. Cause I hate, I hate stories of like, oh, they always wanted to be like a painter, but like, it just never happened. I'm like, ugh, God. Or yeah, I, I'm not into that kind of like, cause I think that's the purpose of fiction is to like, give us that sort of, that sort of thing to look to, right? So yeah. like, I strongly agree. I, I like stories of people, whether or not they succeed, I like stories of people actively trying to do the thing. Yeah, trying to do the thing that, like, makes them happy. And because sort of like, just like in real life, even when you are doing the thing, you know, like Chris Evans, you know, Captain America's fucking killing it. I'm sure for him, like, honestly, his acting career is, like, very secondary to, like, everything else going on in his life. And that's kind of something I like hammering over the fucking head in our show is, like, yeah, like, yes, Big Jeremy is the king of, you know, Iron Hill, blah, blah. But, like, what's going on with his, like, personal life and his insecurities is kind of probably what dominates most of the time in his headspace as opposed to being, like, I'm the king now. And I I, I don't know. I like analyzing those things because that's what goes on in, like, our own lives. And it's, I don't know, I I think it's really neat. Yeah, I strongly agree. I think it's, I, I, absolutely, 100%. I have a question from Taylor Labresh. Sure. And it is, what is your favorite flower? Just a quick one. What is my favorite flower? Um, sunflower. Ooh, that's a good choice. I like lavender. I like how it like drapes. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. viney. I like that. All right. <laughs> your turn. I, um, can I cheat a little bit? Of course. And okay. have a question that I have an answer to because I've thought a lot about it. Of course. Okay. Because uh, this is something that you haven't heard, but I've thought 
extensively about this the answer to this question, and I oh, want to share it with you. Demoon Rules asks, what happened to Cassandra? <laughs> Aaron, I want you to know I've thought I've mapped this out real specifically. I, I, I <laughs> So the year okay. is like nineteen ninety one. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Because that's you're when right. Pel- like the year is nineteen ninety one, right? Yes, because Pelter is of that like non canon world. Right. <laughs> Cassandra and Pelter ride off into the sunset, and for a while everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, they have fun. They have their fun. They both kind of know that it's not going to last. Of course. They break up, but not on their own fine terms, you know? They're yeah, friends. Yeah, it's a mutual breakup. Cassandra um, leaves. She she hops a plane. She heads to the West Coast. She changes her name a little bit. She drops the cast. And she um, she kind of puts aside her super science dreams for a few years. Yeah. And um, she she decides, I'm going to see what I can do. I'm gonna see what Sandra Bullock can do in Hollywood. <laughs> and then maybe in like 20 years. 2020? <laughs> 20 years. Or 30 years. We'll see where the super science Stop thing it. goes. No! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Jeff, you just made Cassandra like canonical. How do you do it? Holy shit! I think, Holy I shit! Think that, yeah, she says like, let me see where this acting thing goes. And then like, I'll pick up Super Science later, and then, Yo. you know, down the road. <laughs> Yo, once fucking uh, Gamma becomes popular, the sky's the fucking limit for Sandra. Yeah, she just kind of like, um, but then she does, she eventually does pick up the Super Science again, and is like a real agent for change. <laughs> God damn. Okay, that is some shit. Oh, that is a fan, <laughs> okay. Holy shit. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad uh, you like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, hold on. Oh, I like this one. We've never decided this, but I kind of want to do it real quick. Yeah, Are absolutely. the artifacts of legend tied up in any sort of destiny, or do those who hold them shape their own fate? I had a thought about this yesterday, actually, uh, and thought it was really neat. If I may give my my No, please. My yeah, piece. absolutely. Hit so me. what I'm thinking is there are these, you know, these artifacts around the world. And they're like, you know, objects of superpower, blah, 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 blah. Whoever has them, you know, you get power. I'm honestly thinking that they change whoever holds them anymore. Like how Arthur had the glasses gave him certain things. And right. I, th- I think it gives Jeremy certain things, but he doesn't know about them yet. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes you know, sense. Like, I love uh, that. Like whoever wore the hat of many faces in the past before Slip, because there's like a skeleton, we say, when like Callahan finds the uh, hat. Right. So there's a skeleton there, like, who was wearing that then, it might have done other shit. You know what I mean? It might yeah, have- Yeah, it's, it's impacted, the artifacts are ancient and powerful, but that power is reflected through the person carrying it. Yes, and like, yeah, that's I why- Yeah, I think that's it, a, yeah, absolutely. I think that's what's cool about, like, how it manifests with Slip Willis is, like, you know, to reflect their constant, you know, quest for understanding. And I think that's really neat, like, yeah, Jeremy can see fucking everything- but maybe, like, he, like, you know, Arthur is, like, a badass borderline, like, samurai with, like, you know, a katana, like, appears and shit. I don't know if he's basically a superhero like that. Right. I think it's, I love, I love the idea that, like, and I love the idea related to that. I don't think they're tied into any particular destiny. No. I think they're just sort of conduits for this, like, pure, unfiltered ley line energy that, like, amplifies parts of yourself and things within yourself. 
to create these incredible powers. Yeah, I think at a time it was thought of like that they were thought of as some kind of like, you know, and I hold the cyan one. And so I have to do this because that's what the elves do. And so I think like kind of the point that I want to make with uh, relics is like that um, they are like original, not really originally, but cultural monikers. You know what I mean? Like mm, the sure. blue is a, but kind of right now, not everybody has the corresponding uh, fantasy culture associated with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Slip Willis is like a human and a halfling, but has the halfling relic. You know? Yeah. Like it's that. very, it's just, it's personal to who you are, right? It's yes. you, you, the where the bearer of the artifact is as powerful and important as the the artifact itself. Yes, and breaking like the whole point of him is like you know breaking the historical patterns that have destroyed the wielders before. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Sins I love of that. the past and all that bullshit. So love anywho, it. your turn. Uh, let's see. Let me pick a good one. Let me pick a good one. Uh, here's an interesting one to peel back the curtain a little bit. Cool. This is from uh, Sky Vaults on Discord, KVD RPG on Twitter. Uh, it sounds like you guys record together in the same room. What's your setup like? <laughs> uh, we've never recorded in the same room before. Yeah, I'm actually really, I'm I'm flattered and excited to hear that, because that means that we're doing it right. Yeah, so uh, that definitely means we have a good repartee, if that's the right word. But... Uh, my setup is like, I just, I have a, I have an L desk and it has like a little nook and I shove my microphone in there with like this little cage thing with like soundproofy foam around it because my ceilings are super fucking high. So it's like an echo chamber in my living room. That's why if you hear like Madame, the first episode, Samuel Gord is in my old apartment, which is like a closet. And then Madame Mysteria, I moved in and Johnny Orko is a new apartment. And that's why it's like all of a sudden like this. (laughs) <laughs> it's terrible yeah. um and my setup is i'm in the corner of my bedroom uh i pushed out my nightstand which is usually flush with the wall about like three feet and i am now sitting cross-legged in front of my yeti mic uh with the same sort of cage soundproof setup the air conditioner is going and hopefully it doesn't affect the sound quality too much eh, but um whatever. Yeah. yes and and the technical thing Getting real technical with it is the way this works is we're both recording separate audio tracks in Audacity. And then um, at the end, when we're done recording, I'm going to export mine as an audio file, send it to Aaron via Dropbox. He's going to layer them together. And because we're both recording locally, it'll have this the effect that neither of us sounds like we're on a phone call. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, I'm glad to hear that it sounds like we're doing it right, which is exciting. Yes. Thank fucking God, because... right. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it's been a year. Someone's like, yeah, you guys sound like your your heads are on a fucking toilet talking into a tin can. I'd be like, fuck. Yo, why do you sound like crap? Oh my god, we've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> oh my god, we have like 45 characters. Jesus. Okay. I, I have a I have a question. Yep. Um <laughs> it's 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 a quick one. Uh from Sky Vaults. Do you think you can record without swearing? And what do you do for day jobs? <laughs> um You know what? <laughs> Here's the, here's the, here's the thing. Here's, here's the real answer to that. Yeah. For party of one, maybe. I've done it before because people have asked to keep it PG, PG 13. I've done it before. Under the controlled party of one environment, if I'm playing like (laughs) role playing, if I'm playing a role playing game, then I can probably do it. For all my fantasy children, I'm willing to give it a hard no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but like, 
seriously, like I can say with 100% confidence, I can't do it. I, can, I don't I, think I can't. I don't think that our dynamic, like, it's so, I think you bring out the worst in me. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. And, well, I think it's just the way that like our, our, like repartee, our relationship is, is the type of thing where I just get excited and lose track and, and swears happen. It's just like the upbringing and where we grew up, who, like my yep. parent, like my relationship with the fan, all of that swears just start happening because we just start going. I, I, I agree because, uh, what I, I find my swearing is I, I like to use it for, I don't subconsciously anymore, but it's more for like emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. I've same. I'm just excited, and you're right. Swears start coming out. It's the and like it is like I hate using these phrases like you're you're from where I'm from, and like we kind of it is like a sort of excitement. And we've just been talking like this for years. I hope you know that like my God, through the years we've probably created 400 fantasy children, but like pre podcast. Oh, for like, sure, the, absolutely. The, the format of the show is just based on like how conversations with Jeff and I happened, where it's like we see someone walking in the mall with like, you know, they're walking a lizard. And we're like, I wonder if that guy like raised it from birth. Is that his son? And then it's kind of like that. Yeah. And we we're just like, go. Yes. And the convert like three hours later, we're like, oh my God, we've been talking about that guy with the fucking lizard. That was like two days ago. So <laughs> yeah, that and sounds so that's familiar. kind of like why, uh, like we say like, oh, I can't curse. Honestly, because like we, we go fast. This show, yeah. like there are edits. But, like, it's not like we're sitting here going, like, in what direction do we take Ansel Mind Freak? Like, it is a freight train that does not stop because with Jeff and I, like, we both have so many fucking ideas that, like, the reason, like, we go, all right, we should probably roll on tables is because, like, this could go on forever. Right. And so it's sort of like, I, I'm glad we curse because it honestly is like we're, we're it's borderline free writing, but yeah. like ver, it's verbal free writing where it's just any idea you have, just fling it at the, I got something, I got something, I got something cool. More, 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 more. And then we just filter out the junk and we end up with something. I can't say good, but we got something. I, um, I actually have a, a, a little piece of, of history that I don't know if people know, uh, but I'm going to share it right now. Um, the way that we start every episode, talking about, like, talking about things just being based on our, like, friendship and our history and our, like, rhythms. The start of every episode. Oh, hey, shit, you're yeah, right. Hey, you're, <laughs> like, We've never discussed that. <laughs> there's a history there that goes back, like, 10 to 15 years. <laughs> because we, when we would hang out, like, the two of us would go to the Morristown Mall in Morristown, New Jersey. Um, you would, you would, you drove, because I haven't had, I didn't have a car until I was 22 yes. years old. Yeah, like you pull up to my house. I'd open the door and go, "Hey, Aaron." And we don't. There's no. I I don't know why we did this. It just um, kind of started. So it did. It started with, "Hey, Aaron." Hey, Jeff. And then it it morphed because I just was doing back what you did. And then it became. Do you remember the discomfort one? It was <laughs> hey, if hey, one person's. Hey, <laughs> yeah, if one person's way more excited than the other. Hey, Aaron. Uh, hey, hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> no, yeah, like, that's it, like, that reflects, like, the, the relationship that, like, that we, so when we started podcasting, I think it's in that first episode, or maybe yeah. it's the second episode. I think it's the second one, because the first, hit yeah. hit me with it on mic, or I hit you with it on mic, <laughs> and, like, we didn't miss a beat, because that was just our, like, our speaking cadence. Yeah, it's. And that's, I mean, it's, it's just so good. That's why I'm like, if, if, I'm sorry, listeners, if you don't like the profanity, but I can't do a fucking thing about it. It's just gonna, it's gonna fucking, like, it's fucking gonna happen. Because <laughs> I 
listen to Party of One. And I'm like, oh, look at him not cursing like at all. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's so loose and free between the two of us. And like, it's just, it's, it's one of the things I love about the show is it's like sitting down with an old friend because I'm literally sitting down with an old friend. Yeah. And we just like throw just ideas rip. out to, yeah. And you just like have fun. And who doesn't like making a new character? It's yeah. so fun and stupid. Do you have another question? Do you have one you want? Oh, I got a question I really like. It's from Ointnelly. It's from Pete. Um, the question is, are there were creatures in fantasy and how do they interact with beast folk? Okay. So this is, uh, we're going to have to do some work right now, which I'm okay with. Um, so a were creature is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a person. A person that turns into an animal or an animal human hybrid, much like a beast person. Yes. From an outside stimulus. Right. Um, so I think of course they exist because that's badass. Yeah, right. I want I want that. That's a thing that I want in our universe, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Oh, I have a I have a I have a might a good distinction here that might be a thing. So as opposed to becoming like you know how a werewolf is tech, normally like a bipedal wolf, like John Talbane from like right, fucking Darkstalkers. Yeah. Holy shit, I am old. Huh. Um <laughs> uh I'm thinking that, which brings me to another question that we might answer is, uh, say I'm, uh, I'm a halfling, right? And I am a werewolf, you know? Yeah. Do I, I think they just turn into wolves. Like sentient aware wolves as opposed to like a wolf beast person. I think that makes sense. Yeah. They turn into a full fledged animal, maybe like a dire wolf or something magical like that. Yes. It is magical and like more powerful. And of course, like there's a level of sentience. Sure. Uh, and like maybe they can talk. I don't know, but I think they become an animal. Like uh, technically, like you could kind of classify Ansel mind freak. As, like, a aware crow. Yeah. You know what I mean, because he does go back and forth between, like, elf form, even if it's not the same, it's, like, it is the same, because it is an outside stimulus of, like, magic. Sure, yeah, I think, so I think, yes, I don't know if it's necessarily, like, a, uh, I think Ansel's a great thing, because I think, so I think what I'm gonna say is, like, yes, I don't know if there's, like, if it's uniform, I think that, so that, you know, magic is magic. It is unpredictable and weird. Some people get this ability and they can transform to human or animal forms. It's around. I don't know if the beast folk really like interact with it. Yeah, I, I think it's honestly like, like beast folk are super, they're super chill. First of all, it's never like, oh, well, you're not a real beast person. It's like, yo, if you show up at my door as an animal and you, and like, you know, I, I don't know, like I'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah, because it it brings me to another question that uh, is just in the Discord from, like, fucking 20 minutes ago. So, uh, um, Oitnele asked another one. More of a real question. How does uh, fantasy deal with the Beastmen slash animals relationship question? Do they have goats in Iron Hill? And does Big Jeremy feel weird about it? Do Beastmen keep pets? Um, Because we could go – there's, like, you know, there's a bunch of ways we can do it where it's, like, because I'm, I, I, I do want to distinct, have the distinction that like a goat, Jeremy is different than a goat. Well, you know what I mean? I, here's, I, I remember why this question came up. Yes. It is because we said that like the, the magic of beast folk is unpredictable and sometimes that magic produces a goat in the same way that it might produce a beast man. Yes. Like it's because magic, again, is unpredictable thing, you know, chaos is, is what it is. Yes. So, uh, but I think for me, uh, if you have thoughts, I'd like to hear them, but I also have thoughts. Yeah, my, my idea is like, you know, um, so for me, the people of fantasy, uh, 
all all of the fantasy cultures have a concept to me that they are all like everyone knows that they're all relative they come from like the earth i like i i think of all the races being like they're they know that they come from magic and that they're all linked to some source of it that's inside the earth so everyone is sort of like a kin you know there's a level of kinfolk sure because we that makes do, sense. we don't yeah, because we don't do like fantasy racism. So we we're, we're if we're saying that, then everyone knows that they all come from relatively like the same place. But on that, if a goat is not a beast person, you know, like mm-hmm. a goat man is big Jeremy. He's a goat person. He's a magic. He is a different. I think he is a different thing than a goat. Okay, it's not like like I think he he shares similar you know, characteristics. Right. You know, just in the same way that, like, for me, I'm going by, like, you know, I can share, uh, you know, I can have a kidney transplant with a pig or liver. You know what I mean? Right. Where, like, you can, where there's some shared DNA and some things match up, but I still eat pork as an option of choice. That makes sense. Yeah. Because, I I mean, we could go the route of, like, everyone in Beast, everyone in Iron Hill, all the Beast folk, they're all vegetarians. They all think eating animals is cruel. And like, but that it it does it's it's hard because uh it it does add like levels of not complication because you, you could just say that, but I don't want to imply that like Jeremy is just a goat that thanks to the gift of magic can speak because that to me implies that like it's sort of ableist to me in a way you know what I mean if if we want to deep dive this if like a goat I don't want to say like a goat is a simple version of Big Jeremy. Sure, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's like a level of intelligence. I don't want to go down like a level of intelligence where like Big Jeremy is just smarter than a regular goat. Sure. I think it's like a different thing. Everybody if everyone has like a shared for lack of a better word magical DNA, it's sort of just like a matter of preference. And like it, it's a, it's a case by case basis. Like Big Jeremy I think might have a goat. Because I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's a hard question. It is a really it, difficult question because I'm trying, like, it's one that I I maybe, I don't even know if I, yeah, I don't even know if I have a real answer to it. Like, I thought I might, but, like, I think you make really yeah. great points, and I kind of think it might just be left up in the air for me. Yeah, it's kind of like there is no real answer. It's kind of up in the air where, like, I think, I think personally they do, there are animals that are eaten for food and, you know, animals are kept as pets because beast folk and like an animal are like what we would think of as an animal, although they are all animals, it's sort of like a classification the same way that it reflects in our world. That all where makes it's a sense. matter of personal preference and choice. I think it's a tough question, and it's one that I don't know if I have a really good answer to. And I guess it's something that I'll, I'll we'll kind of play it by ear and suss it out when we get to it. It's a great question, though, and it's something really that I want to be, think more about. I just don't know if I have an answer for it right now. It'll be something definitely like the sort of like question of intelligence and sentience being linked to like value. I sort of do want to moving forward, like kind of, you know, think about that when we do create something. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a question that I have an answer for, but I want to hear your answer first. Gimme. Um, it's also from White Nilly. It is, if you could rewrite one thing about a character, what would you want to? What would you want to fix? Oh God, I know immediately. Um, for me, it's, it's probably not what everybody thinks it is, but I think for me, I would rewrite a lot of Tia Matt's story. Okay. I, for me, it's one that, uh, I just think is convoluted at points and it, it drives me fucking nuts. The, uh, the colleges and like making the, I'm not saying it's bad. I would like to have, because we're like, that was like, 30 episodes ago. Sure, absolutely. I think if we were to write that story now, it would be a lot more focused 
and like concentrated and smaller in a way because the scope and the scale of that episode was enormous. Yeah. It was really cool. It was a milestone for us because it was like we started expanding on like time eras and you know, ancient cultures. And it was this super important episode for like the world of fantasy that we were making that we didn't know we were really making. Right. But I would have liked to have focused that laser beam a little more so that it could have been beginning, middle, and end. That makes sense. I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the obvious answer. Two, uh, two. I'm going to go with the obvious two. Um, squash, squash cornfield. Yeah. Uh, there's some body negative stuff. There's some body shamey stuff in that that I think, like, and I think if I knew where we where we were going to end that episode, like if I knew we were going to end at Lemony, I know. I think we w- I think I would have like heavily rewritten it. Yeah. But I think, you know, but and I think there's that and there's some there's some language in Pumpkin Jay that I would definitely rewrite and some concepts yes. in that that I would definitely mess with. Yes. And those are the two examples where there's really no other way to put it. We made a thing that hurt someone and that sucks and that like I feel bad about that. So like you know, it's easy to say that those are the ones that I would change, but, like, those are the ones that I would change. Yeah. I mean, I, it goes without saying that, like, I, ugh, like sure, I'm not. Sure, but, like, yeah, like I, it's, think it's, it's, yeah. I think it's valuable to say, right? For me, it's honestly, like, I I, uh, I care a lot about these, like, stories, and especially, like, our I, – I care about the people who listen to them a lot. And, like, because sure. it's, f- it's for people who, you know, might – seem like they're on like the outside looking in of most things in life because that's you know that's the kind of thing that i uh that's kind of how i live is like usually like off somewhere else and kind of like tapping on the glass and so i kind of like like structuring our stories for people who feel similarly and those we kind of shit the bed and it's just something i i kind of feel is like a blemish and that's why i'm always like no i get that i think it's yeah it's a it's a you know it's a you know, it's it's bound, and I hate saying it's bound to happen. But I mean, if we're if we're gonna go with this, you know, loose structure where we're just firing off ideas, unfortunately, like some shit did seep through the cracks in that episode. Those episodes, like foundation. Yeah, and that's you know, it, it's a thing that sucks. But like, we messed up. Yeah, we're gonna mess up again at some point. Yeah, and it's important that we grow from each yeah, one and so, move forward and not repeat mistakes. But those are those. That's those. That's my answer to that question. Okay. Which I think is a great question, and I'm glad that we yeah. talked about it. I have a lore – it's a lore question. Yeah, hit me. If you're in – okay. Do the ley lines shape the lands around them, or does the land influence the ley line? Oh, I think it's definitely the former, right? Like, I think it's definitely – I think it's not necessarily, like, shapes the land in a literal sense, like, trees pop up. What I think yes. it is, is I think shit gets weird. We're near – like, the closer you get to a ley line – Shit, yes. like the rule, like because it's magic and it's chaos and it's weird, so shit gets weird, right? Like, yes, yeah. It's like um, oh, what is? There's an old, there's a book. I think it's called Roadside Breakfast or Roadside Picnic, maybe. Mm. Where like it's about radiation and it's about like a radioactive site. Yeah. Where like or it's like alien artifacts that just make gravity not work the way that it should, or like you know. Plants grow, but they grow in weird directions, or things just don't, things, the rules stop applying in the ways that you expect when you are, yeah. like, on top of a ley line. Yes, I, I do like that. That is a really good thing that I'm gonna fucking think of, like, for everything now, because it does give, ma- like, our world with magic is so super unstable. Yeah. Like, magic is something that people use 
but it is an unstable force that's like fueled to them. Like they receive it as a conduit from a ley line and then they channel it outwards. So there is a level of like, there is a lack of control there. So it is cool that like the closer you get to this unstable source, the more like uncontrollable a a power it is. I think that's how things like, I do like the fact that they shape the world and the fact that the world is kind of the reason why there is sort of a level of chaos in the world and there is an instability like similar to our own is because of a force that is beyond our understanding. Yeah. And I think it's, it's why, it's why there are things like, um, it's not tech, like it's not a, a, it's something we made on the discord. I believe their name was Oddnap or Ognap, which was like a living forest. Like yes. things like that. Crazy things happen. Because ley lines are crazy things. Well, let me let me rephrase that because I don't want to use the word crazy yeah, 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 per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird shit happens because the ley lines are weird shit. Exactly. Everything that is unexplainable and like supernatural it implies a level of like chaotic, you know, something. Like the fucking the fact that the messenger sword exists, like a sentient piece of steel, just implies that I don't know that things are unpredictable and awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I, I'm obsessed with it. I fucking love it. Love it. Did not know that was what we we're going to go with. It's cool. Love it. You got one? Um, We do have a Wizards College years. I was actually about to ask that because I know it's <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, Morg uh, asks, what were Wizards College years like? Wow. What? Were Wizards? Jeff and I have talked about this a We've lot. We've talked a lot about Wizards' uh, uh, upbringing and uh, his, <laughs> his background, his life story. Um, There's a lot to it. There is a whole lot. There is a ton to it. Um, and it, it has a lot with being like a, a privileged little shit. Yeah, basically. Um, the one thing that I've always said, and I don't know if it's canon, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, lay all of this out, which I think I've also laid out on the AMF Secrets episode about Wizard. But, uh, in my mind, this is my head canon. I don't know if it's canon yet, but my head canon is that Wizard's upbringing was Basically, that was basically all of the the shitty, like, white savior tropes of, like, an Iron Fist or a Doctor Strange, where he ends up in, like, Geode or something. Yeah, it was Geode. And it's all of the shitty white savior tropes, but all exclusively in his mind. So, like, he's like, yeah, I ended up in Geode, and I was the greatest comedian, and I taught them all about art. But if you ask anybody else, it's just like... Yeah, this fucking goddamn piece of shit dude showed up and was just, like, (laughs) bragging. So, like, none of us were friends with him. Like, that's my, that's my headcanon of it. Yeah, it's, it's, I agree completely. It's that college guy (laughs) who, uh, I think of a lot of him as, like, Skylar Morrison as young Craig Hasterberg. Where it's, like, he, he was lucky enough to go to college in Geo, this, like, cultural epicenter where, like, art and it's super progressive and just by being around those people, he's like, oh, of course I've absorbed all that, like 100%. I'm basically Geodian. And they're like, well, and they're not, like, no, no, you're not. You're absolutely you're not. not. You're really you fucking not. Don't, you're an asshole. Yeah. Like that's, cause I, cause like that's wizard, right? Like everything that about is wizard. wizard is a thing where I look at it as, as it's like a shitty thing. And I'm like, you're fuck, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, what is the worst possible scenario that this guy could get into? Or, like, what's the worst thing that he could think? Uh, that he's basically an honorary Geodian because he's taking a lot of classes with uh, all dwarves. And so, like, he's really understanding, like, 
the cultural movements and like i think i'm a real part of that yeah that oh it uh, makes me so angry just it hearing really it just made me cringe saying that I, um i also this is where i'm gonna put in a drop in uh another uh wizard headcanon that i have that yeah. i just remembered that i like i tweeted about like years ago because mm-hmm. i always think it's funny my headcanon for wizard this isn't super related to the question but i want to share it yeah is cares? that wizard has a notebook that he carries with him <laughs> that has one set of comedy in it, like notes, jo- like jokes written down. He has one set of comedy in our set that is progressive and funny and biting and sharp and like political, but like punches up. Like it's a really good set of comedy and he carries it with him and he has never like re looked at it because he wrote it all down one night, read it over and said, Nah, this ain't gonna play. Yeah, that's terrible. That's all, but this is all bullshit. Like, you know when you have those nights when you're like, I'm gonna write, like, a fantasy story. Like, I, I'm gonna write something that's gonna blow people's fucking socks off. And then you see it the next day and you're like, oh my god, like, that is so bad. What the bad. fuck was I talking about? What was I talking about? That's so terrible. Yeah, so I think that's, that's how Wizard sees this. And it's, and like, <laughs> the, the, the tragedy of Wizard is that I think, like, he has this set that, is good and he refused and he just he looks at it and he's like this is shit i hate this <laughs> but he could have been like a a source of change like yeah and i think that's really what makes him the worst is right he could be so much better Ugh. i love it i love it so much um, how jeff how do you envision amfc growing or changing in the next year it's a question from skyball <sighs> very good question very very good question um i definitely see it growing i think it, i've i mean i see it growing every time we do an episode i think we find a few uh, you know even if it's slow yeah, yeah, we yeah. find a few new people i think the main way that i see it changing is i think i see us i i've i've noticed us in the last like as we go we get more confident with it yes and i think that one thing that i've seen i see i see us changing i see something that i've noticed that we're already kind of starting to change and i see it really happening in the next year is like really not abandoning continuity but like yeah. but like more confidently saying this is not necessarily part of the main narrative of like fantasy and th- and being more of like the way we use continuity i've seen that shifting and changing a little bit yes like we're more confident about like this is a separate story this is this narrative is separate from other things or like yeah. even we had the conversation even though we ended up using an established character in mr jeans um, the slash and burn, we had the conversation of like, this is not necessarily tied to all of the other things happening in fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's, we, it's kind of like anymore the, the idea is like, we'll just take it an episode at a time. Yeah. Where it's like, if you have an episode that's, it's a, it sounds like a one off. You know, like, uh, kind of how, like, kind of now, like, Skylar Morrison and, uh, fucking the 2020 characters. Yeah. Like we've created, we've just allowed that to become its own thing. And so it's kind of taking each episode a separate, treating them like they're separate entities. Like, you know, they can have as many callbacks as we want to whoever. It doesn't mean we have to make sense of some kind of gigantic narrative. Cause when I think when we want to do that now, we're going to do like, like an audio drama or something. Yeah. You know, if we, if we ever want to like tell a grand story, we'll do like a let's play or, uh, I mean, it, we'll do an actual play or, um, like an audio drama instead of, because we, we also found that telling the stories of like continuity and like our, the bigger picture, it's so fucking hard to do when you're making a, character. yeah, I think that's the other way that I see the show changing is, 
uh, I see, like, we've, uh, we've been getting more confident with, like, hey, you know, not necessarily following, you know, even though, like, the core of the show is character creation. The core of the show is we take a prompt and we make a character. But I think that we've been getting a lot more confident in regards to, like, saying, not necessarily saying every single week, every single episode has to be focused on creating a character. Like when we did, uh, we had a week, we had the week where instead of an episode, we, you, you did the room where it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that we're getting more confident in saying, like, maybe we do something different this week. Maybe we break format and we don't create a character, we do an actual play. Maybe we do a deep dive into history. Maybe we talk about monsters or something. Like, yeah. The ways that the the structure of the show, I think, learning when to stick to it and when to break it is where I see the show really changing in the next year. Yeah, the last one we just did, Gordon Gumbo, for me was a cool reminder of just like how loose we can be and still tell a good because yes. for us it's like it's about good like storytelling like if we were going to do an episode about clowns like we had to figure out what clowns are so we spent like 25 minutes discussing like the history of clowns leading up to Shao Clown and Gordon Gumboat good old gummy good old gummy but it's like yes we weren't going like all right and what are his stats what's his class blah 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 but we did craft a a better story as a result of not just sticking to a format and sticking to where they fit into fantasy and like oh what's his relationship with big jeremy it's like no we we wanted to tell a complete story so it was a lot less about like you know what gummy's relationship with his parents were like it was more about like where does gummy come from what what is this world what is gummy's world I, I like that. I do like that we're free. We are super relaxed now to be like, let's talk a lot about world building before we just dive into who this person is. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's type. That type of stuff is where. Yeah, it's more free. It's footloose and fancy free now. Yeah. Season two is freedom and more fun. It's just like honestly, it's it's easier to do because it's more loose. We're not like shackled to being like, all right, we didn't we didn't talk about what Amy's favorite food was. Fuck, should we do another episode? Because like. That's kind of the things that used to go through my head of like, do we need to do like a post-mortem on these characters where we like everybody gets like another episode to just hammer down like, you know, what their apartment looks like. But obviously that's not what we should be. We should just be telling great stories. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question. Do you have another one or you want to wrap? Um, let's see if we have one more fun, uh, like a fun little one to wrap on. Yeah. Uh, so I've got one last question. I figured we'd end on a sweet note, and I wanted to really specifically end on a question from Plantbird. I wanted to end on a question from Dave, just because, you know, Dave's great, and they've been really supportive, and have been a real part of the family for a real long time. So let's close on, uh, what is Eliza's favorite book, and did she ever read to slip? Oh, yeah. Oh, she definitely, she definitely read to slip, right? Oh, God. Uh, like, uh, for me... Eliza um it is it's it's super cool character because Eliza loses Callahan spoilers if you're not caught up but you know Eliza's Slip Willis is ma and I definitely think she read to slip cuz it's we did say that like you know I I think that um Eliza knew that there was something about Slip that was like special mm -hmm. and like sure not destined for greatness cuz that implies like some kind of like pressure but just like knew that this person would eventually go out and change the world somehow and like, be, you know, really help people and just was like an influential person that could change a lot of lives. And so I, I genuinely think that Eliza spent a lot of time being like, I know that slip isn't wholly mine. 
that Slip belongs to mm -hmm. the entire world. And so wanted to just spend the time that they had together, like to the best of Cal like Eliza's ability. And so my, my book that I think she read was just Goodnight Moon, mm -hmm. just like a little cute bedtime thing. And that's, we've always had a thing where, uh, Slip at night thinks of Eliza and the frozen and Glacia and, you know, just thinks fondly of those days. And I think that before bed or to help Slip sleep, they recite Goodnight Moon. That's, or they have a copy. I like that a lot. And I think, uh, my answer is, um, I think that Eliza, especially as Slip got older, I think Eliza, uh, read to them journals from uh, Eliza and Callahan's journeys. But the important detail and the very sweet detail is Eliza, uh, changed their names. Oh. And like, just, and, and made it, you know, they, she changed their names a few times so that it didn't always sound like it was the same characters and it didn't always, and Slip kinda knew, but like, yeah. but like she was like, these are the stories. It was, it was, it was her way of like sharing her experience with her, yeah. with her child. And it was her way of like saying, look, look at all of the things I've done. Look at, look at the life that I led. Look at, this is my life. This is the life of your father. We did so much. You can do so much. And, but she also, she changed their names because she didn't want it to feel like, hey, you should follow in my footsteps. She wanted to convey the message of, you can be who you want to be and you can do what you want to do. That's so good. These are like, those, those three are like my favorite characters, honestly. Like, the, I, Eliza and, Eliza and Slip are so, I really, they're such a, such a wonderful story. I really love those characters. I really like, Ugh. like, like, they're the rare characters that I don't super want to revisit. It's like them and Catch, I don't particularly, yeah. like, I feel like we've, when we do revisit those characters, it's, I'm very careful about, like, it needs to be really special. Yeah, because, I mean, in that episode, in the, in the original Mr. Jeans one, like, we started off with, like, shit we wrote. Yeah. And like, that's why, like, we already had, like, a borderline audio drama where we told the story up to Slip Willis's birth, and it's just this, you know, we never really had, like, a romance that was fully developed and just, like, uh, and just, you know, we, we cared so much about the character Slip Willis and we thought that a great way to do it would it be to, like, use the two characters that, like, care about each other, like, the most and, like, how, I don't know, I, just, I thought they just came out I think so they, wonderfully. I, I, I don't want to mess with Well, them. and I think it's because I'm so, I'm very protective of those characters about, like, making sure that if we revisit them, it it feels right because they're so special that yeah. like one of my favorite moments in the series is I, is it, I don't remember if it's on mic or if it was in the discord, but I'm going to say it here in case it wasn't on mic yeah. is that Eliza is a forest fighter. Yeah. 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 Like that, I think we might've said that. I don't remember if it's but, all, either way. Oh, where it was like, what does Eliza do after slip leaves the North? Yeah. I think someone asked and we were like, Oh, she would definitely become a forest fighter. It's stuff like that where like that's a moment when when the real when i was like oh she's a forest fighter for sure that's a moment where i'm like yes that is special that is a special kind of thing that this character deserves because this character is really special to me and something like on the last point of like what's to change i think some characters like most of them if not like 90 percent I think, uh, we'll get revisited in some way to that extent where like, if they're not as flushed out as some of like, you know, Big Jeremy or like Eliza, um, I do want to give them their moment in oh, the for sun. Sure. 
where like you can really get to meet them. Yeah, I agree. Like Rhinal is super interesting to me, but that's a world that was a huge world building episode. Yeah. Uh and so I'd like to give each, you know, those even like Crosley Digwell didn't have like you know, that was a huge world building one where like what's Crosley like and as an adult, let's just talk about that because I think it's super important. So I think, yeah, I think those are cool things that have this show is so cool. I'm so it's, happy, I'm with, happy it. with it. Like the universe we made is so cool. Uh, my closing note before we wrap up, going all yeah. the way back to one of our the first questions that we asked about characters that we see ourselves in. Um, I'm gonna get a little choked up talking about this, but uh, I know you feel the same way. Uh, yeah, adult Crosley or like older yeah. Crosley from the um, the Reflections Day special or the little yeah. audio drama with his dad. Like that's. There's a lot of me in my family in that episode, and it yeah, it's like real intense for me, and I'm so like doing stuff like that is what makes the show really special. Yeah, it's 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 really same here. Like uh, I I know like we we don't have a talk show, right? So Jeff and I don't have time to be like, and this is why we did this, and this is why we did that. But like you know, we're active in the Discord and we chat. But like there is so much. Not so much personal stuff, like we're unloading like baggage, but there is like, there's a lot of stuff that like we talk about real shit going on with ours in ourselves. We just kind of use the characters to make it in like an accessible way so that if someone feels similarly, they can have the good feels that we're having by talking about these characters. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it makes, it makes the shitty stuff or like the stuff that you can't really talk about without getting like cracked up kind of accessible. And that's, that's something I am so happy that we're kind of really moving toward that, like, even Gummy, like Gummy and Crosley Digwell, where it's like, it's important to, although you have this pirate family and like, you know, you're a badass pirate, it's important not to um have like a disrespect for where you come from. Yeah. And, like the, the things, the things that got you where you are now and like where the hardships that your parents might have had that you don't. Like those things like that that you think about and you're like, oh God, like that's, that's a tough thing. I like that we kind of sneak in the message. It's like we are, we're putting the medicine in the peanut butter and you give it to the dog. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I kind of think of it like that's a stupid way of putting it, but I, that's, it's such an important thing for me that we talk about real shit in all my fantasy children, but we do it in a way that is really fun and accessible yeah. to everybody. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're kind of moving toward that, and it really means a ton to me. And I think that's a good place to wrap it. Yeah, I agree. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to Happy Birthday, Sam Gord, One Year Anniversary Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to submit a prompt for a future episode, you know, you 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 know the deal. Yeah. Tweet them, Gmail them, you know, the usual. All the usual ways to do it. Um, consider backing the, uh, the Patreon. Consider giving an iTunes review. Yeah. Um... Uh, do you have a verbal hug? I do. I do have a verbal yeah. hug. My verbal hug this week is, uh, in my hand is a can of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and I would like to raise it and toast every single person listening. Oh. And say, here's to a year. See you back for year two. Yeah, here, here. <sighs> I, I have a, I have a mason jar full of my first Christmas tree in New York. So I can't really, like, pieces of the Christmas tree, so I'm going to pretend to drink. Mmm, it still smells like delicious pine. <laughs> I hope that didn't ruin the moment. Excellent. Did that ruin the moment? No, I think it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> okay. But, uh...
We'll see you back for the second year anniversary. Yeah, and until next time, good night and good, good game. game.